Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the On My Block Packers podcast. On My Block Packers podcast. I'm your host, Mike Wall. Thanks for watching. If you're enjoying, please subscribe, rate, and review. Please subscribe, rate, and review uh, at the Process to Perform channel on YouTube. You can hit me up at MikeWall68 on Twitter, Process to Perform on Instagram. Listen. The Detroit Lions, we're doing the show early because the Packers are playing on, on Thanksgiving. I played a couple times Thanksgiving versus the Lions. It's a really, really fun game. Um, it used to mean a little bit more, I think, back then because there wasn't as many Thursdays. So actually when you got home and you, know, you got to have turkey, you go hang out with your friends for that night, and then you really had a short weekend. We just go down to Chicago, do whatever. But it was, it was a fun time. I don't know if it's a big deal now just because everybody's kind of used to playing the Thursdays. But uh, – Listen, the NFL is going to keep pumping as many games as they can on this Thursday night, and then I guess they're having one Black Friday. But and before I get into it, the show is sponsored by Bet Online. The last of the major sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. A lot of weird college basketball right now. There's like Maui Invitational, and then there was like this other weird one. I forgot it was like Fight for the Eight or something. Anyways, Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. And Bet Online is your number one source for wagering, news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops, betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. So head to the Bet, on site, bet Online site today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Like I was saying, this is a Thanksgiving game, and we're eight point dogs. The pack, the Green Bay Packers are eight-point dogs in a foot in an NFL regular season football game. That's nuts. The Lions are eight and two for the first time as long as I can recall. I don't remember them ever being eight and two at this point in the season. And I've been around for gosh, thirty years. I saw the the Barry Sanders documentary last night. It's called like Bye Bye Barry. Dude, watch that show. That is absolute fire. There is no running back on the planet as good as that guy was uh, right now at any time in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable just I've, I've told the stories before but just dudes walking around the, the training room like talking to each other I'm like you're gonna miss take a shot if you don't take your shot I can't take my shot because we're all gonna miss you know just scared just scared of his greatness um the Lions are one of the few teams that goes out and plays old school football and what I mean by that is they absolutely especially on offense maybe the best offensive line in the game they absolutely dominate up front um they're smash mouth Box seven in, in, on defense is physical. I mean, they're try they play above their their level. Like they play above their 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 physical capabilities or, or at the maximum. They play a super physical game, and they have coordinators who are you know really kind of melding who from a personnel standpoint what works for their personnel. So Ben Ben Johnson's doing a great job. He's got all the he's got I think they're number two offense in the NFL. Like they got all the motion. They got all everything you want. And they got, like, if it all comes down to the end of it, our team can run the team. We are, are can run on your team because our offensive line is a lot better than whatever you got in front of us. So I really like this team. Uh, it's unfortunate they don't play in Green Bay. But I really do think the Lions are what every, like, old head like me wants to be. Like, that's what – or wants their team to be. 
you just think about where do you want to dominate? Offensive and defensive line. Check. Box seven on defense. Check. How do you want to play? In your face. Dominate the line of scrimmage. Attack the line of scrimmage on defense. Reset the line of scrimmage on offense. Check. Guy who can make decisions in the pocket. Get out of the pocket when he needs to. Change the throwing lane. Make it easy for the offense. Offensive line friendly. Quarterback friendly. Wide receiver friendly. Check, check, check. Man zone beaters every play. Check. Talented receivers. Check. Two super talented running backs. And they got it all. Tight end might be a top five. The rookie kid might be a top five in the league. And then on defense, some of these guys have just continued to show. Aiden Hutchinson, we'll talk about everybody, but they're really they're they're so much better on defense than they were. They're kind of middle of the road from a from a points production standpoint, but you know, they're, they're dropping almost 27 a game on offense. So you think about this team coming off that 31 26 uh victory over the Bears. It did expose some opportunities to take advantage of. The first thing is Goff throws three picks. He's not going to throw three picks this week, most likely. But when he throws picks, he's under pressure, throwing off that back foot. And Chicago ran for like 106 on him. And the way they ran it was mostly on the back of Justin Fields, right? And he's doing a lot of the RPO stuff, the option looks. But that stuff we've been talking about from Jordan Love's perspective, like that needs to start happening because guys are just crashing the box right now on the backside and making plays when they don't need to be making them. We saw it from all the, you know, every single defensive end that we've watched. Just crashing down. We're not. We're not holding them accountable to that. Um, last week. Last week they threw the the screen, uh, but even you see the Justin Herbert play. They 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 read it. He runs. Then he throws the screen out. I mean, we need plays that really challenge their leverage because these guys do attack the line of scrimmage. We'll we'll check that out. They play a very aggressive style of defense. It's really, um, we have a hard time running the football. They're pretty good at stopping the run. It's hard to see how Green Bay is going to overwhelm this box seven with those linebackers, Jack Campbell, Anzalone, Barnes, um, without Aaron Rodgers. Excuse me. Freudian slip. Without Aaron Jones. I think you have to use Jordan Love more as a run threat. I think the, I think at least in part, the Bears show you a blueprint how you can safely take care of your quarterback but also give your chance, uh, your team a chance for success by using him as a as a, a weapon in the run game. Something we talked about for weeks on this show. I think it really would, it just adds a dimension that we just quite frankly don't have right now. And the Packers, on the other hand, they're now four and six. Somebody made the mistake of bringing up playoffs to the head coach this week, but they have to get a big one versus the Chargers. They're coming into this game with a lot of problems. Aaron Jones is out. Like I just said, Luke, Luke looks like Luke Musgrave uh, is going to be out. So Tucker Craft's going to be he, Luke Musgrave got like a lacerated spleen, like falling on a football or something. I mean, you can't even make this stuff up. What a bad break! Kid's playing pretty high level too, as far as just coming to his own as, from a receiving standpoint. And rookie kid going up against Sam Laporte is the best rookie tight end in, in the business right now. I think I honestly think he might be a top five all around player, uh, all around tight end, not receiving tight end, all around tight end. We passed for three hundred yards for the first time last week. Um, you look at kind of why that happened, and I'm going to attribute a lot of that to kind of the run after catch from Dontavian Wicks, uh, Jaden Reed. I thought they had big moments. There's opportunities to create offense again. Brian Branch, the other rookie from Alabama, they got four rookies that just balled. I mean, this, their draft class is ridiculous compared to what it was projected at. Everybody, everybody was giving giving them trash for their first four draft picks. I mean, all those guys are absolute units, and. Brian Branch is going to give you some chances. He's going to take – he's a real smart player. But, you know, their defense is going to give you chances, right? Like, 
they play man, they play zone, they 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 don't give up a high percentage of, of pass completion, but they do give up a little bit of yards. They'll give up some big plays. At least the big plays are there. You got to connect on them. Um, just going down from a statistic standpoint, they average almost twenty. They almost they give up almost twenty three points a game. Twenty second in the league. They give up three hundred thirteen yards, which is ninth in the league. Really good. They only give up ninety yards rushing, just a shade under. But they do give up two hundred twenty three yards passing. So. Just looking at stats, watching the tape tells a story. You see on tape, there's opportunities. Safeties get beat. You opportunities for for corner. Every once in a while, they'll play. They'll get out of zone. They'll play man, or they'll match. You see opportunities in the flat versus some of their their linebacker looks. When you get you get the back out slotted in a bunch look, take them out. The, you know, get leverage and take them out wide. So it all comes down to that box seven, though. Like talking about Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson. He, you know, he's the guy you're going to be maybe most recognizable on this defense. They just got a ton of dudes in there that are playing high level. Um, last time we talked about Brian Branch playing, he comes down on the ball. He can do a lot of stuff. but And he had a big game, uh, I think, the game prior to us. But last time we played these guys, this kid, 54, Aileen McNeil, he was a 20-21 third-round draft pick, defensive tackle. He had two sacks on us. You watch this last game he played against the Bears. This kid is, like, just blowing people up. Playing really, really high level. Penetrating, running pass game, could have got a couple holds called uh, in, in his favor that would have shut down some of their big runs. He's got to be feeling good coming into the week. You know, if he's reading the press clippings, or you know, who should start at right guard, and blah 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 blah. Like, I think these guys are probably feeling pretty good about their 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 chances in that matchup right now. Aiden Hutchinson, of course, is a terror. I think Zach Tom is more than up for the task. He's played all the best. It seems like he's played all the best um, left defensive ends in the game right now. But Aiden's certainly one of those guys. He could flip the side and go over and play right defensive end against against whoever it is, whether it's Josh or Rashid. So, you know, right now I think those guys are playing with a lot of confidence, a lot of deserved confidence. And then you look at Anzalone, you look at Derek Barnes, you look at um, the rookie Jack Campbell. They're playing downhill physical brand of football. You saw more Jack, obviously, because the Bears are going to run a lot of stuff where it calls for base defense. And we might not do that, quite frankly, without Luke Musgrave in, in, in the package because now we just have Tucker Craft and you start going to, you know, your, your, your third and fourth string guys. But they come downhill. They check your chin strap, man. They're they're gap fillers. They're gonna play downhill aggressive style. The stuff the, like old heads, guys like me, love to see. They don't get beat on the backside very often, so they can come and be super aggressive on the front side, make that you know play in their line of scrimmage, and make the the running back cut in the backfield. Um, there are deep opportunities in this pass game. I want to show you a couple and how maybe we're gonna start attacking. But again, I, this is a this was a malign defense last year, and now with their secondary getting a year older. Um, the communication going into Aaron defensive coordinator, Aaron Glenn's, uh, you know, I think third year now running this program, like they look, they look pretty good. They look pretty good. And not just against, you know, I guess the, the bears. So the first thing is you got to find solutions in the running. And this is kind of what I'm talking about. You know, it, it, this is a one tape deal. We watched the tape of the bears last week, just beat the brakes off of, uh, off of the chargers. So we know what we can what they can do up front, but you have to find numbers and you have to just do the little details. So they run a bunch of look here and they end up running a quarterback keep. So they have numbers, but they actually send the tight end backside like a split full look to hold the backside linebacker. So this is something you can just do a quick toss with. And again, this isn't something we'll probably run with with Jordan Love, but you can run the quick toss and just keep them outside. The point is they have leverage here. If I show you this from this angle. You have outside leverage on all these players. Like you have numbers. 
right? And of course, it's going to be a matter of aggression. When not, we see Jack Campbell's in the middle because of the split flow. He just slightly hesitates, let that center get up just enough to get on him right there. He beats him across the face, but now you're talking about, you know, maybe a, a seven or eight yard gain instead of a three or four yard gain. That's just the little details that are going to make a big impact on, I think, on this matchup because without Aaron Jones, you know, A.J. Dillon going downhill on these guys when they're pretty good at moving around on the line of scrimmage, it's going to be tough. We talked about it. Rookie kid from Iowa. Man, check your chin strap. Buckle up. Now, the Bears coming out here, they're playing, you know, they're playing you know, off five left and just coming downhill, and I love it. I'm all for it, right? I can't see enough of this. But I don't know if we have a, you know, we certainly don't have a true fullback on the team right now that can go out and just butt heads. But these guys are ready to go. They play downhill. They're aggressive run defenders. You see both these guys are going to come up and just force – uh, the defense to make a decision or excuse me, the offense to make a decision early. I actually think we have to use that to our advantage. How? Well, you see they run the option. Everybody crashes. The tackle's very easy for that tackle to pick up that defensive end. And now, look, honestly, he can go north or south right here. He's making that decision. He can try to break through Aiden Hutchinson's arm tackle or he can go outside. But one way or another, you're picking up positive yards. This is a good play. Okay, and this is because how aggressive they play defense. You know, they didn't spy Justin Fields. They just kept crashing and let him run the option. Like, they have a style that they're going to play, and they're just going to live with the results because usually they outscore their opponent. They just figured, hey, listen, you know, the Bears aren't going to pick up five yards at, at a time and actually make it all the way down to the other end zone. And I, I would imagine they're thinking the same thing about the Green Bay Packers. So let's take advantage of that aggressiveness a little bit. You see here he's just crashing down. On the read, you know, they're full sell, absolutely full sell. You know, all you got to do is get a hand on that linebacker, get north and south. And it's, this is like, this is my thing. Like, why not us? And a package. I'm not talking about let's turn him into Justin Fields. Let's act like he can't uh, execute the offense the way they're running now. I'm just saying, how many times have we watched the backside defensive end against the Green Bay Packers chase down the play? And you're looking at it like, Man, why are we not pulling that ball? And you just see this game. They got a lot of yards. Just pulling north and south, right? You can save you another five there. You see how aggressive they are here coming downhill. Both linebackers, they want to play on your line of scrimmage. They want to create single blocks. They feel real good about Aline McNeil inside. They feel obviously really good about Hutchinson. I've always been a big fan of Charles Harris. I know he's been dumped down the uh, the, the depth chart a little bit. But then, you know, obviously John Kaminsky does a really good job for them as well. So they've got guys that can play. They're very comfortable in their ability to win on the 1v1 battles. It's just a question to get them off 1v1 blocks. Excuse me. So what's the big thing here? We got a fullback. And this is an interesting scheme. I actually wanted to show this because this is an interesting scheme. They're going to ask the center to reach the two-eye, and they're actually going to slip the defensive end. They're going to leave 55 for the fullback. Now, back in the day with this kind of play, you would never do that because you're worried about two things, penetration on that two-eye, on that center, and then you're also worried about uh, 55 getting in the backfield and blowing up that fullback before you can get ahead of steam. But the, the Bears, you know, we're all kind of – I think guys are like experimenting with eye, you know, eye backs again with fullbacks, and they don't really – I don't know if they do everything as sound as possible because if you look at this, you either want to fan or you want to keep it inside with the chip and go up to the middle, 30, 46 middle linebacker. But right now you're putting the center in a tough spot. He ends up getting 
beat across his face, they make a great cut, and then Lee McDeal should have got a holding call here. But this is the kind of stuff. Backside, you know, that, that kid from Tennessee, he gets the cutoff, he doesn't get the flag, and these are the holes are in situations where you're going to be really aggressive on play side with those linebackers. I think we need to extend the pocket. I think you need different different launch points. And I think one thing that, you know, just watching this Bears tape again, a sample size of really, I guess, really two. We watched the Chargers the week before, but they just went shotgun. Um, when you think about having some anxiety about their pass versus our, versus our offensive line, one thing that I thought the Bears did a great job of is whether it was a wide receiver or a tight end, they're going to keep a guy in on the keep passes to make sure that Hutchinson's accounted for. Right. So they're going to just usually this guy goes in the flat. You see him cut across split flow. You see him going in the flat right now. Well, they've created a situation where they can take the tight end, send him to the flat. They really want Hutchinson on the floor. They really want to take their shot. They think that he's just going to run up the field and make plays. So it gives you an opportunity now for Justin to get outside of the hash. Now I'm thinking about this in Tonsis to Jordan Love, and they're running the deep crosser with the go route up top. And as soon as that safety's deep enough, in a zone, this we can just settle this down. He doesn't need to keep running across the field. He can stop right now. You don't need to run into the next zone. Just slow down. This is kind of what we're talking about as far as details matter. But you can just slow this down, sit down, not take a shot, and really easy uh, throw and catch here. They end up completing this ball. He takes a shot at the end. You don't even need to take that shot at the end. And this is the take the space idea because these guys really do play hard on the run set. Like they're, they're all about stopping the run, especially against the Bears. Fair enough. But they're going to get downhill and under center, play action pass. And now what happens? Barnes has to chase the crosser. And when he chases the crosser, I'll take it back so you can follow Barnes 55. He is of the circled, he is the one on the right. Soon as he figures out, oh, mistake, he finds that crosser chase underneath, and all of a sudden Justin Fields is out the gate because they don't want to play spy against him. And again, all I'm saying is, you know, we went through this phase of like, you know, Kaepernick shows up. I, I don't, he's not even the first one. Like Mike Vick could do everything. They didn't run this kind of offense for him. But I feel like Kaepernick was the RP, the op, the first like option guy who just blew up. And it was like, if it's not open, they're just going to run. And then it became like a thing, oh, we don't want to hit the quarterback, and it takes away from how good he is throwing the ball, blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, it's such a weapon. So don't be – Jordan Love, like, don't be afraid to just cook it downfield for 15 if they're not going to spy you on these key passes, and the linebacker's going to turn his back and run for the, the deep crosser. Like, go ahead and take it. Well, I mean, we love it. We absolutely love it. You see the leverage that they have. 23, they're playing man now. They're playing a man-match concept uh, on the bottom, and 23 has to cover all the way across – they're running the exact same play to the other side. Okay, so instead of running zone now, they're, they're running zone on the front side, but they're playing backside match. He comes all the way across, tries to make this play. And again, they're a lot of success, Justin Fields, on just extending the pocket, getting off the spot, and being able to flip your hips, make some throws, but really doing it free of that pass rush that we know is going to be coming. I would have loved to see this matchup, but I made this thing and I found out that, that Musgrave's not going to be in. But you look at like the Iowa, Oregon State college tight end versus linebacker, you know, one of the best receiving tight ends versus the the, the, the award-winning linebacker from, from Iowa. And right now, I think this is Cole Komet that's on him, and he just gets absolutely walked right now. I mean, it's all kinds of nonsense right there, right? No, they can't. He has a great recovery speed. But you just 
do you see opportunities there with Tucker Craft, man? He's one of those guys that maybe he doesn't have the the shifty elusiveness, but certainly um certainly proved last week that he's got some good feet on him and 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 has and does have some speed and does have some ability to separate. So whether it's him or we put somebody else there, like you got to start looking at some of these matchups when they go to base defense and going, I feel pretty good about getting that guy in space. And then is this is this the week? Is this the week that we connect on the deep pass? Now, they ran this twice. Once for a touchdown, once they didn't score. They got twins up top. And you see that receiver on the 26-yard line hash mark. He's got a cross face. I mean, because you're trying to create all the space for the for the uh the outside player. Right? You got to cross face and create all that space, and then they just got to make some throws. Very, very simple. And that's Jordan Love is going to have that opportunity. They're going to be in the right coverage. They're going to have the right play call, just like they did last week, whether it's early or late. And you got to be able to make the play. Now you see the exact same touchdown, same route up top. They run a crosser on the bottom. And what that does really is it drags that safety to the right hash, to the near hash for us. And leaves all that space up top for, I think that's DJ Moore. He steps out, launches it, a little separation. That's all you need. I mean, it, the game isn't that e isn't that difficult, right? It's a simple game. We try to make it – we try to talk about schemes and whatnot. It's about guys executing what's on the call sheet as well as possible. What are the problems that lie for this defense? There's really – I want to talk about two. I could talk about four of them if I wanted – but first is this guy, man. Aiden Hutchinson is as advertised. Could have very easily been the number one pick in the draft last year. He is a phenomenal player. Just tons of energy. Uh, he's one of those guys that's, I don't, at some point he's going to have like a 17 sack year. But he's he's going to be one of those guys where like you get out of the game and you're like, man, I just played a really hard, like that was a hard game to play. He's nonstop action. Um, he's, he's, more of a traditional, like he's he's got Max Crosby's energy, but not that kind of movement. He's a different build. He's got he's got uh, maybe not as refined as like a TJ Watt. Like he's still developing into what he wants to be. Does have some very good passers. Does have a spin. Does have a cross shot. Does have a stab. Does have a bull. Um, really, really, really good player though. And he doesn't always get like he doesn't always get his guy. I don't know what his numbers are this year. But he's like every time you watch him, like man, you got to account for that guy. He's definitely a game plan guy right now for me. And this, I talked about Akeem McNeil. This guy is ever since we played him, man, he's just absolutely that's problems, right? That happens once to the guard early, and you're thinking about it the rest of the day. That happens once to the quarterback early, you might be thinking about that the rest of the day. And then you come back, rip inside, spin out. Ah, quarterback's got to get rid of the ball, but hey, another sack for the kid. Just playing really well. Now, one thing you always got to think about, who the opponent is. You got to put context to everything you do. If you start citing me off some PFF numbers, oh, this is a PFF, I could care less because you got to have context. Why? Because these are the Bears, okay? And only the Bears will pull the center, the left guard, and the left tackle and leave the defensive tackle alone. Nobody does that because it's stupid, okay? Nobody does it. Because it's very, very dumb. Now, 
I think this is Cole Komet. I want this taken out of the league. Everyone complains about oh, safety. We're talking about how players aren't as good as they used to be and uh, safety issues, and we're worried about the helmets. Look at this. Sorry. I mean, this is the sorriest-looking block I've ever seen. Are you, uh, uh, he literally alligator rolls out of the way. I think I got one more here. It's just, it's just, it's a sad sight. Here's a lot of firsts this year. Yeah, this is the <laughs> I go back to this. I mean, we've seen a lot of firsts this year as far as we have to, we have some palms up plays this year. I've never seen this. You can't even make I, even in high school. I'm trying to think you used to pull when you used to pull the entire backside of your line, including the center. And just leave the defensive tackle to go. I mean, that is what kind of communication are you do you have? Like who's who's wrong there? Someone's got to stay in a party. Right? Is it the tackle? Is he supposed to cut him off? Is it the defense? Is it the, is it the guard? Is he supposed to block back? Is the center? Supposed, I mean, so where is the communication there for the Bears? That is, uh, I mean, it's like if you lost to that team now, and you're watching film, and you got like a surly old line coach, he's in the back like smacking his gum or his like nicotine patch or whatever. We lost to a bunch of guys who pulled three. On this effing play, you know what I mean? <laughs> Unbelievable. Hey, there he is. Thanksgiving. Thankful we had that guy, man. Just real simple. Look how he butts up Aiden Hutchinson here. One, two. Oh, punch and extend. Look at that. What a unit. God, so good. So, so good. So. And we got some offense to talk about too, but uh, you know, I really their defense has gotten a lot better, it's, and, and it's fun to watch. Now, the, the offense is with the, the storyline, right? Oh, averaging almost 400 yards a game. I think they're second in the league to Miami, uh, 27 points a game, sixth in the league, and they get 136 yards rushing. We saw what they did two weeks ago. It was, I mean, some of the best, some of the best blocking that you'll see in the last decade. Quite frankly, this team executes up front as well as any team you've seen over the last five, ten years. Um, they have three first-rounders on the offensive line. They're absolutely mauling people in the run game. Double teams, just go. What are you? If you slant, because we slant a lot, right? We like to move around. A lot. If you slant on this team, you are going to catch one. You, I'll have it all over tape. You slant, you are going to catch one. That Panay Sewell kid is is figured everything out. He took the first year trying to figure. It. Last year was better. This year he's got it all figured out. And you get in his way, and you're trying to slant, and go sideways. He catches you got some serious problems old school football they finished through the whistle hank fraley is doing a phenomenal job as a line coach and then you're combining that with the i'm gonna st brown you know all the reynolds the kids outside the two guys in the backfield david montgomery i mean and, and uh, jamar gibbs and then you got ben johnson who is one of if not the best young play caller to not be a head coach yet you know i'm sure his time's coming whenever he wants it but he's doing a phenomenal job putting these guys in positions to be successful and then they got a bunch of ex-players coaching that can give them that intimate transfer of knowledge, that intimate detail that you can't just get everywhere else. And you can see the transfer of information and experience between like the coaching staff, the ex-player coaching staff, and, and their players. Talk about Hank Fraley. But you talk about Mark Brunel. Nobody talks about – everybody talks about Ben uh, calling plays, and that's great. Mark Brunel and the impact he's had on Jared Goff. Jared Goff is a throwaway because Sean McVay was basically like, he's not good enough to win with. Look at him now. Not that they've won a Super Bowl yet, but they didn't, you know, the, his, his pre-snap 
decision making, his processing speed, his ta- has allowed his talent to shine. And and I would I would be remiss if I didn't say Mark Brunel's got to have a huge part in that uh, of that puzzle of how to, how they solve that because he is definitely remarkably improved from what he was when he left the Rams. Dave Montgomery being back, he uh, he's been out for a couple of games. Jamar Gibbs was, ex- I mean, Jamar Gibbs ran all over us. He's ex- he's amazing. But David Montgomery came from the Bears. As everybody remembers, he was a, a beast on the Bears. He's still the same guy. Had a big game last week. And I said this before, Sam Laporta might be a top five all- all-purpose tight end in the league as a rookie. This kid is, he's got uh, 50 catches, 492 yards, four touch. He can block. They use him in the blocking game. Like, they're not, they're not split-flowing him. They're not patty-caking him. They're not... Dude, he is getting it. Put your hand in the dirt. Block. They do not care. He think they just. He showed it on tape last year. I told you coming out. He has the best technical blocking ability of any tight end in, in, in the draft, and they have just taken that, improved it, refined it, and moving. And they he plays high high level football. They trust him. Let's watch them. Let's watch the offense here. This is going to be a tough one for the for the boys. First play of the game. Under center play action pass, and you're just never safe. I mean, he's got him right here. He's already got him beat. He can take the shot. He, he ends up taking the check down. But you're just never safe with this team. You don't know at any point Ben's going to dial one up. And then you start just talking about what is the, what's their bread and butter? What makes them go? You talk about Amon Ross St. Brown. You talk about Reynolds. You talk about Jared Goff. You talk about Montgomery. Talk, that offensive line is nasty. They are absolutely nasty i i really do i think they're number two statistically in, in a couple different things but i i don't think that there's a better offensive line in the league right now i don't think there's a better offensive line coach in the league right now um they're doing some things that are special i mean just i just always get knocked off the ball there's always a running lane you fall forward for six you just fall forward for six you see the left guard left tackle there i mean it's just it's exact. It's clinic. It's just I love I, when I'm when I'm writing notes for my guys and they just do something perfect. I just write, man, that's clinic. Like I want to put that on a clinic tape. And they've got clinic tape stuff in game all the time. It's amazing. So they're gonna bring the backer here. And so they're gonna slant underneath. And they think, oh, we're going to be real cute. We're going to slant outside. We're going to drop this defensive end. And he's just going to catch one because he's just going to run a Penesul. I mean, watch. They're just elite executors. So Frank Ragnall ends up taking the three technique. You see this. He falls into the three. 60, uh, was that Graham Glasgow? who's probably the only guy on the, on the line you're like, man, I think Kenny Clark can exploit him one-on-one if he gets some pass pro opportunities. But they get this defensive end on a, on some roller skates. That's absolute roller skates. He can be 10 yards downfield by the time this play is over. Fullback takes care of the, the, the Jack uh, Sanborn, the linebacker for the Bears, out the gate, right? And you guys will go, oh, it's not, it's not a 50-yard run. Dude, these are the demoralizing runs. These are the runs that hurt your feelings. Because you didn't miss any blocks, or excuse me, you didn't miss any tackles. Like you didn't do something, you just got your ass kicked for an eight yard gain. You see, they can probably tell you're slanting. 
And this is what I think that has turned Sewell into an elite player. But really, when you talk about all these guys, they can tell he's slanting. Like, I can tell right now that defensive end slanting. He's tight. His stance dictates it. They have man outside. And so he waits on him here. One, two. And just wait. And now it's go time. Like, oh, I got you locked up and I got backside help. It's go time now. And it's just too easy for these guys. You know, it's it's this... It's the execution, the details, the execution that make these guys so special. Another double comes off, just absolutely manhandles the, the, the Bears linebacker, the ex-Bill. Sewell's playing really, really high-level ball right now. Now, this play worked last week. The Lions run it. The Chargers ran this against us, right? They're going to pull around. They're going to single block on the play side and run a, a weak side gap. And both guys lose, right? Got 95 coming off there late for a four-yard gain. But they're going to see that. They're going to see that against the Green Bay Packers and go, we got a chance here. Now we talk about miscues. They had three picks last week. How are they getting picked? Well, part of it is, look, down here on the 40, we know that he, this guy gets hit, but Goff gets lit up a little bit here, right? He gets heated up. He's throwing under duress. I'm not sure the linebacker's not making this play if this if this ball doesn't get wapple up anyways. You see Sewell's got to come back in. He's got a hand in his face. I've got to make a quick decision. And this is what you want. That's kind of been always the thing with, with Goff, but really all these quarterbacks is, can they find the right solution immediately? You know, Kurt Warner always says, I spent so much time thinking about my, my hot routes. You know, I, I knew all my, I knew the playbook. I knew the defense, but then I just thought and studied my hot routes. I had to have the answer like that. And it looked like last week, a little bit when he got heated up, Maybe it wasn't always a hot route, but you know, pressure does equal picks. We get Taylor Wan get bull rush back. Not Taylor Wan, Taylor Decker, excuse me. And uh, he pump fakes this ball, throws off his back foot, and throws a pick. So it's not impossible to heat these guys up as good as they are up front. It's not impossible to, to put Jared Goff in a precarious position. But because they run so much under center play action, because they do all these other things from the run game, right? You just Part of it's you just got to be aggressive and win your 1v1 matchups, and then you're going to have to make some really strategic calls, I think, in the dog and blitz game. This could have been another pick. To, this could have been a pick six. This is probably his worst throw of the day. I mean, linebacker just pushed it right off. He knows it. He knows that that was it. That was the one you wanted. Now, this is what they do so well. They identify the coverage. And they just have people in place. The guy in the hash is running on the hash to hold the defender on the 33. They know the deep third defender is going to play five yards off. He's going to keep bat pedaling. He's not going to, he's not going to let him close the cushion. And they know the flat defender is going to stick to the, to the flat player, the arrow route on the 24-yard line. So what do they do? They run the same thing the Green Bay Packers run, but they're running it just a little bit deeper. So they're running this at 12 instead of eight. Same concept. Goes up to 12 instead of eight. Same concept here. Saw it earlier. From the Bears. Now what, what happens? The slot receiver crosses the face of the safety. And so the up top, they have all the room they want. Now they get a PI here. It's incomplete pass, but they get the flag. But the point is, there's a difference in execution between top teams. Right? They're running the same concept against the team that just 
that just ran it against them in the same game. The difference being the slot receiver does his job. So now the, now the outside receiver can really have a true 1v1. I think this kid's the next Kittle. He just doesn't blink when it comes to blocking. He's from Iowa, obviously. Super athletic. Has all those yards and all the numbers and all that stuff. But I just love the what he's contributing in the running. I think in the running game, it changes their offense. And he's not perfect or anything. Oh, look at this. You want to talk about execution. This is the uh, backside tackle. This is like, look, guys, I, listen, if you don't like watching O-line, this is like football porn for me, so we're going to watch a little bit of this. Backside tackle, 68, catches up with Sanborn here. Not Sanborn, sorry, safety. Keeps running and gets all the way over. He's he's leading the charge on the from the backside. Look at that. Unbelievable. It's like they've bought in, they believe, they've been taught how to do it, right? They know how to execute. Creative wrinkles. So everyone's running the inside trap right now. They're running it out of shotgun, right? They're running out of near or far, which means the running back's lined up uh, on, your, on your side, and they'll just run this quick trap, okay? They get creative. They go empty, and they just do a quick flip. So it's like the old 17th stutter that we used to run with, with Amon, but they're doing it with a quick trap, so they're going to go inside. So it's like a, I don't know, what do they call it, like 31 stutter. They got zone man beater. So interesting here, instead of going bunch like everybody else, they motion the back back in, but they don't motion a bunch. They motion him out so he's about halfway through. He's on the hash. Why? Because of spacing. Because now they know exactly what they have. They know they're in zone. And because they're in zone, they know that the outside receiver is going to be open because they both have, they have outside leverage on the two defenders on the bottom of the screen. They know that the running back is going the flat defender is going to be most likely is going to end up being uh, followed by the linebacker step out and then they know that safety is 15 yards deep so what happens linebacker steps out just like if they thought they throw it right between the hashes easy 10-yard completion now difference in screen game execution from last week last week aj dillon's in the screen game and they want to exit in the A gap or B gap, and he runs right by the linebacker. Now Gibbs bubbles out because they because the linebacker shows up fifty three blitzes, and so they tie. This looks like it's timed perfectly when it's literally just the difference of how your running back gets to the party. He's out. They throw it easy, and then they got one guy out. They don't really need anybody out to get the job done here. So good dial-up call. I don't know if they called that on the line of scrimmage. Well, he got folded right there, huh? You got to finish that tack, uh, block. Jesus. And this thing about the Lions versus the Lions of old. Got to have it placed. Like, they need one here. They got to they put some points on the board. I think there's four minutes left in the game. They go twins up top. Send the Trips up top, excuse me. Send the tight end to the flat. And what happens? They just got, the, they just got a great play call here where they can get the the sale route at the 20 or the what's that the 17 yard line to hold the corner just for a sec and we have leverage on the safety and Goff look Goff was drafted what first or second in the draft cuz he could throw dimes like arm strength was never an issue right so the guy's got a cannon let her rip 
Go and catch. I mean, that's wide open in the National Football League. You see the double team again from uh, from the right guard and the right tackle. It's just like a it's like a tidal wave continually coming. If we don't figure out how to get the linebacker onto the tackle or guard early, there's a really good chance that our defensive tackles look just like this. Sorry, that's center right guard. My apologies to Frank Ragnow. So that's it. They they look really good. They're a really good football team. What are the key matchups here? I have three. Packers in the interior offensive line versus their slant looks. The Lions free up their, their linebackers and they free up kind of one into 1v1 blocks. They like to move their defensive tackles. They'll move them. They'll, they'll take a step. They'll take one gap. They're not stepping and slanting. That They're not turning their shoulders. None of that. They're taking one hard step and attacking the gap. Okay, so if I'm, in, if I'm playing a two-eye, I'm taking one hard step going to the B-gap. If I'm playing a, a tight three or two, I'm taking one hard step going to the A-gap. But they'll do that, and they'll do it with a with, – they'll do some slant looks as well and bring people off the edge, but they'll do that to disrupt the timing of the double teams, to disrupt the footwork of the, of the guard or tackle, and then obviously to be able to get that linebacker to fire downhill, and now you've got a, a, a defensive tackle player who has leverage one side or the other, and you're filling the gap with the linebacker. So they do a really good job with that. You have to be able to find it on film, see the stance, see the setup, anticipate it, and then communicate it with – you know, center, left guard, left tackle, tight end. Everyone's got to be on the same page. So we have hopefully a call for that. So we're bringing everybody if we need to, or just to tell everybody like, look, refine your footwork right now because what you're about to see is some sort of slant motion where if you catch them, you're going horizontal, they're not as strong, we can push them back. Number two, the Lions run game versus the Packers run D. Packers giving up 135 yards in the running game. They're, they're getting, I think, 136 yards in the running game. So this is one of those you think, even if you're average, that's not good enough for the Packers. Um, that's 20th in the league, by the way. We're 135 yards, 20th in the league. It's terrible. Like I just showed you, they create huge vertical lanes in the running game. And I think the key to that is the ability to trigger early at the linebacker position. Like, like, Trigger early. As soon as you see that handoff, as soon as it looks like some, we got to go because you got to be able to get that second player off the double team and you got to be able to attack. The other thing you can do from a defensive tackle perspective is as soon as you feel that double, man, you attack the center or the guard, the guard or the tackle. You don't just sit there and try to take both on. Lock them out, sit down, and then you try to fall off on the play. But you cannot try to double team. You can't try to like take on the double against these guys. They will blow you out of the water. And then the the last matchup really is that Sam Laporta, the rookie, versus like who's that going to be with our depleted secondary? What's that going to look like? And let's just say the broader receiving group that they have. I mean, right now they look relatively healthy. Uh, just looking on their on their chart here, you know, Josh Reynolds healthy, Jameson Williams healthy, Amaron St. Brown, Taylor Decker, Antoine Green, Donovan Peoples. Uh, Khalif Raymond, everybody's a go. So we've got a number of people that are potentially out. Um, they look to be full strength. 
And oh, by the way, they both they have both their running backs healthy and their offensive line is playing super high level. So it's a tough ask. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a real difficult matchup, I think. Keys to victory. Let's keep it simple. Turnovers. We just saw some pressure equal picks looks for uh for uh, Goff. Teams who have found success against Detroit make him throw off his back foot. I think we have to win the turnover battle. We might have to win it by like two or three. Because I just think inherently they're a, they're a much better offense than we are. We need to limit the explosive runs. As good as the offensive line's playing, they're creating holes that you can like fall forward for five, fall forward for six. We saw that with the Chargers game a couple weeks ago. You got to make these guys work for everything, right? You know, 30-yard chunks, 40-yard chunks. They just – they speed up the game in a way that is very difficult to like mentally keep up with. Um, if you can get a couple three and outs or make them drive from the 20 to the 50 and earn those 30 yards and then punt it away or earn 40 yards and punt it away, earn 50 yards and get a field goal, but get basically don't give them that many opportunities to score points. Like if you can hold them to eight possessions in this game, you're probably feeling pretty good. If they get 14 possessions, it's like, uh, that's a big problem. Okay. So I would think about it that way. Limit those explosive plays. Um, I think the number one thing that comes down to is can you tackle when you have to tackle, especially the Jameer kids, Gibbs kid. He is really, really good. And then the third thing is Aaron Jones is out. I think we need to simplify a little bit, not, not change the playbook, except for I think we, you got to add something that makes love a running threat. Even if just by design, you know, maybe you're not calling his number, but he's got to be a running threat. We got to take advantage of their aggressiveness, especially in the run game. And, you know, you see the the keep passes and, and just trying to you know, safeguard with, with Hutchinson on the edge. You see the, the, the option looks with the opportunity to actually run the football up the middle and get 10 yards and get 12 yards and get four or whatever it is. And then you see the actual true RPOs. And, even with the Bears, you saw like some split flow that we just you just stopped kind of seeing for a while. You know, with guys running out, see a Cole Komet doing his alligator role. It's pathetic, but like you see those plays being effective. And it, what happens is they kind of go out of vogue. And you just don't watch in the last four weeks, you don't see that many teams running those plays as much. There's always these wrinkles now. It's like, don't forget, it was a wrinkle of that play. So we can go back and keep running the base stuff. Keep it simple. High, high levels of execution, short week. And, you know, the most important thing is you go in as healthy as possible, feeling really good about your game plan and be able to let loose. And the only way you can let loose is like, we're not going to put in a bunch of new plays and you're going to try to learn on Tuesday and you're going to, you know, travel on Wednesday and, and play on Thursday. So hopefully they've put themselves in a position where they just feel really good about the small package that they have already. They're really studying how to win their individual matchups. And, when you get out there on Thursday, you know, you're going for the turducken or whatever, you know, whatever they use now. John Madden had the turducken, which was phenomenal. Tasted pretty good, by the way. And that's it. There'll be a bunch of games. This will be one of them. I think this is one. The, the, this one's at noon. The Lions are by eight. I, this is a really hard. These guys are playing really high level. You know, you, you look back at the, again, you look back at the eight and two, first of all. But here's what you never take, take into account of. And we saw this with, with Aaron last, you know, um, maybe last year in Detroit. 
you never know what's going to happen in a division game. You saw it last week with Chicago. Like that's that game shouldn't be that close. They had to come back. They had to come back. They had to score two in the last four minutes. And these are the opportunities that these this young Packers team, these young receivers, young tight ends, young quarterback, young offensive line to some extent, young players in the secondary that are that are filling in. These are the opportunities where literally the entire country is watching you. It's time to show out. It's going to be a raucous crowd there at Ford Field. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think Jack Harlow's playing at halftime. I'll be watching. Jack Harlow fan, full disclosure. And you don't get a lot of chances like this. So take advantage of the moment. Take advantage of the opportunity. And do I – eight points, guys. (laughs) That is a that's an absolute slap in the face. So, everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. For those of you that have uh, kind of faithfully watched this show, I really enjoy doing this show. I love I love keeping up with football. I love talking about it. Uh, I hope that it is uh, informative. I know it's a different style than a lot of shows for sure. I should probably do a lot of other things better than I do this uh, this particular format. But uh, this is what is kind of interesting to me, and I'm a little bit uh, selfish that way. So I hope you're enjoying it. Please keep coming with the comments. Hit that like button. Subscribe, rate, review us. If you want to see something, let me know. Always hit me with listener questions. I'll try to get to them. Uh, Have a great Thanksgiving. We're deep frying a turkey, uh, smoking some ribs. Going to be amazing. Talk to you soon, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.